0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent, closed-cell, PE, EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadek.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K kcom Your boat deserves SeaDeck. Thank you for tuning in to episode 106 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the noise of the north, Dan of the Mano, recording from Lake Sawyer inside my boathouse studio here in central Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hyperlite. As the sport of wakeboarding continues to evolve, Hyperlite is evolving their riding products right alongside it. Whether you free ride, contest, boat, or cable ride, Hyperlite provides you with the absolute highest quality equipment guaranteed to take your riding experience to that next level. Hyperlite and its team of dedicated shapers, riders, and manufacturers pour thousands of hours into researching and developing their products in order to stay at the forefront of our ever-changing sport. Since 1991, the brand has been committed to building cutting-edge products designed to give its riders the best experience possible. Head over to Hyperlite.com, that's H-Y-P-E-R-L-I-T-E dot to keep up with all their latest products, videos, and news. And when you're there, click on the Shop Local tab and find a licensed Hyperlite dealer near you. You'll be stoked you did. Hyperlite. The past, present, and future of wakeboarding. And speaking of Hyperlight, Hyperlight team athlete Noah Flegel finally joins me today here on this episode numbered 106. Noah is a guy who I've watched completely climb the ranks in the world of wake over the last decade. I sold him and his family their first real wakeboard while working at Performance Ski and Surf over a decade ago, and I've announced his runs dating back to 2006 at the World Championships in Texas, which also happened to be my first Worlds on the Microphone. Noah is one of the most well-rounded individuals as far as boarding goes inside of our industry. He's one of those guys who can do just about anything standing sideways on a board, Noah pre-injury was ranked as one of the top competitive boat riders in the world, where I'm sure he will be once again as he makes his comeback in 2019. Noah has titles on the cable, on a wake skate, and he is also credited as one of the most successful wake surfers in the world and has helped mold that scene into what it is today. Noah and I caught up during the USA Nautique Wake Surf National Championships held in Waco, Texas. We had this unscripted conversation while sitting in the judges tower overlooking the new surf pool at PSR watching some amazing rockstar surfer athletes out there. Personally, I had fun chilling with Noah, the 21-year-old South Florida native, and hope you guys enjoy this interview. You heard it just a second ago, I was at the Wake Surf Nationals, and here's a quick recap from my experience. The event itself was held downtown Waco just about 15 minutes from the Barefoot Ski Ranch, or BSR, which is where I called home for about four nights. I shared a large cottage with Brian Grubb, Sean Watson, Reed Hansen, the event safety guy, Mr. Dan Power, and Ronix rider, old reliable, Jake Palat. We had some good times. The surf contest happened between these two bridges on the Brazos River, if I'm saying that right, just about 500 yards down from the Baylor University Sports Stadium. More than 75 of the top wake surfers from around the U.S. nation were on hand, and a new format for wake surfing was brought to play by the WWA. Some great action on the water, but for me, the most fun stuff happened post-event There was a huge surf party over at BSR. And although I didn't personally surf, I did hang out and I did watch and I did indulge in some great food and a lot of drinks. Also got a chance to hang out with Paul O'Brien and Tim Pelletier along with Danny Harf from Roenick's Wake. They were in the house checking out the scene. Uh, They're getting a little bit more involved in the world of competitive wakeboarding. I do credit Danny Harf though along with guys like Eric Ruck and Parks and Shane Bonifay and Sean Watson with kind of pioneering wake surfing as it is done today. I was wake surfing with those guys in the late, late 90s. And back then we never knew it was going to be a competitive sport. We always thought it was just something you did when you got a little bored wakeboarding or water skiing and just too tired to take another rip. Anyways, it was great seeing those guys out there. Another guy who I got to hang out with, spend a lot of time and get to know was Jimmy Redman. Jimmy Redman, for those of you guys who don't know, one of the founders of Liquid Force, Wake Tech, of course, the Flight 69, the first twin tip wakeboard. Plus, his history is rich and it goes deep, deep, deep all the way into the late 70s, early 80s, standing sideways while being pulled behind a boat. Jimmy told me his history and so many great stories of the early days of Wake. Unfortunately, I didn't have the podcast equipment rolling at the time, but I do know that it's in the cards, and it will be an episode none of y'all will want to miss. All right, everyone, for 106 episodes, this podcast has always been free to you, the listeners, and I plan to keep it that way for as long as I possibly can. Help keep it going by supporting the sponsors of the show. SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Footin.com, Waterskiin.com, Watersports Industry Association, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, and GoPuck. Check them all out and support their businesses, and they in turn will continue supporting your twice-a-month fix of audio goodness this podcast. Other ways to support are to subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app or iTunes where you can and I ask you to please leave a five-star rating and review the show. If you don't have an iPhone, no problem. On Androids, just download about any podcast listening app and search the Golden Mike Podcast. We're also available and again for free on SoundCloud, and at noiseofthenorth.com. For those of you who leave a review on iTunes, just a little bonus for you, I'll read it live on the show, so an opportunity for you to get famous. I actually have a new review, and I'd like to go ahead and read that for you guys right now. The review comes to me from CV Moldly, and it is entitled Golden Vocal Tones, and it's five stars. Nothing compares to the Golden Mike. You get everything from deep content with Matt Manzari to the colorfully narrated adventure of the Wakeboard World Championships in Japan. Dano's always keeping it fresh with new content, and you're always excited for what's coming next. Keep it real. Well, CV Moldly, you keep it real, my friend, and I appreciate you, CV Moldly, for hitting me up with that five-star review, saying those kind words. And we are getting close to 100 five-star ratings on iTunes, everybody. So get on it. Get on your smartphones and do it. Shoot me that five-star rating and write that review. I'll read it on that next episode. Now, before we get to our guest real fast, I do want to remind you listeners one extra way to help boost my personal self-esteem and that would be by following me on social media. On Instagram, I am at Dano T. Mano. And please like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Hit the thumbs up, people. All right, let's do it. Back to the surf pool at BSR with my guest, Hyper Light Rider, Noah Flegel, right here. I'm a Golden Mike podcast. We're out here uh, at BSR Barefoot Ski Ranch. Um, so for the listeners, you might be hearing. Well, what what might they be hearing, Noah? You might be hearing some chest high barreling waves
1: because we're sitting here watching my brother and some of my boys shred. What do you think of this place, man? BSR. This Dude, is- I think I'm going to move here for a portion of my life. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: we're sitting here at the wave pool right behind us is the Royal Flush. It's like the giant slide. Have you done that?
1: I have done that. I've done everything that this place has to offer except for the wave pool. I haven't been here. This is my first time here since they built it.
0: Okay. So let's, let's, let's break it down for everybody who doesn't really know like uh, your history or whatever. Uh, tell me like where you're from and, um, maybe just like kind of how you, uh, sort of got into like, like the wakeboard scene in general.
1: So I'm from South Florida, Lighthouse Point specifically, and I got into the whole wakeboard scene because I saw kids riding through my backyard all the time. I grew up on the intercoastal, and uh, ever since I was like, I can't even remember, I don't even remember really the first time I went wakeboarding, but I, my parents told me that I, I would always beg them to let me try and go wakeboarding, just because that's what was in my backyard.
0: Were, were you surfing and stuff like that when you were super young kid Yeah,
1: too? yeah. My parents would take me to the beach and push me into waves since like I was probably like one year old, two years old.
0: Kind of a water baby, huh? Exactly. A little bit different than like a Parks Bonifay water baby. Yeah, but I was more baby. of a,
1: a beach baby as a, a little kid and then started wakeboarding when I was three. And then never stopped.
0: Yeah, so we can kind of do the math here. So I worked at Performance from October of 2003 until May of 2007 and it was you're 21 now and we're in 2018 um so 10 years ago you would have been 11 and i feel like i've known you since you were at least six or seven yeah something like that. well
1: i think the first time we met was at performance right
0: do you remember what i did
1: i don't I, i remember i got my the first wakeboard that i was involved in purchasing like we had one that like was in the family or something, like some
0: super old Hyperlite board. Yeah, no, I think if, and again, I don't know, maybe I'm just pulling this out of my butt. I have no <laughs> idea. But I think, so, if, if I can remember the story, it was something like your, your mom brought you to OWC and you guys would drive up to Orlando a bunch or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we,
1: we would come up to shred the cable and we, we love to go to the, the standing wave at the mall. Oh yeah. Yeah, those were our destinations in Orlando. Well we, we didn't do the whole Disney thing. We did the the action sports thing.
0: I remember you coming in and I, I remember like selling you your first board. I think it was yeah. I don't know I don't know. It was probably like a Phil Sovin board. It, or yeah, something. it was
1: a it was the nemesis. It was a green nemesis. And I remember we we went to performance and my parents were like, Oh, like we're in the parking lot, we're like they're like, Don't get your hopes up, we don't know if we're gonna buy anything like Sure and then, and, and then we went in and then like they ended up getting me this board
0: you, you came out you left with a little bit of everything basically yeah. and I
1: was so stoked I slept with a board in my bed that night in a hotel somewhere by Melbourne Beach
0: so you okay so, so you have a brother too Keenan and you yep. mentioned it just a minute ago so talk a little bit about that so Keenan he was a wakeboarder at, at one point
1: yeah we both grew up together wakeboarding he taught me how to wakeboard and when he was like six years old, Stopped wakeboarding. He was like six or seven because the boots hurt his feet, and he was just over it. Really? Like that's all it took for him. He like we got him a new pair of boots, and he still said it hurt his feet, so he's over Wait, it. Well, who's
0: older? You or Keenan? Keenan's two years older. Two years older.
1: So he started wake surfing, and I just kept wakeboarding because I liked it more. And then I would always like we'd always go out to the lake together, and I would watch him wake surf, and I would always try and sneak out there.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing that I know about you because, so I've been announcing cable contests. Uh, My first cable contest was probably, I don't like major cable contests had to be like seven or eight or nine or ten years ago. It was like right when the national points chase started, and I remember you uh, competing in every division that you were possibly allowed to compete, including wake skating, which you're pretty dang good at. So I I feel like that's kind of like a flegal trait is just like pretty much anything on the, uh, any board in general you guys are pretty natural on.
1: Yeah, I get I get bored honestly doing one sport. Like I don't think I'd ever be able to like dedicate myself solely to one sport. Like, that's why I kind of started wake surfing and kept surfing in the ocean and just like like growing up, like you said, I always like would compete in everything I could because I hated like flying to go somewhere and riding for ten minutes. So just I tried to get it all in, you know.
0: When you were super young, was the competition stuff like? Um, something that drove you? or you really into it? Or was it something your folks were putting you into? Yeah, no, my
1: parents never, like, made me do anything. Were, like, I was super into the contest and, like, always wanted to progress myself. And I kind of knew that the contest was the best way to progress yourself, uh, whether that be progressing your image or progressing your skills, like watching the other kids and seeing how good they did and wanted to do better.
0: They had to push you at, at some point a little bit, right?
1: I mean, honestly, like, not really. Like, if, I, if anything they'd tell me like not to do as much because i know i put so much pressure and stress on myself trying to do everything but i mean there was like a point in my in my wakeboarding career when i was like maybe six years old or something or seven
0: in your wakeboard eight <laughs> or yeah when
1: i was super young and like i got tired of doing contests i don't remember why but i was just like super over it and, like, it, it I think it was right when things started actually, like, getting serious and I realized I could, like, make something out of it eventually. You may have been
0: a little older than six or seven, bro. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe like, ten. Yeah. I honestly don't know, honestly. Like I said, time morphs when you're that young. It's hard sure. to think back and, like, put an age to the date, but um, I I quit wakeboarding for, like, almost a year, probably, like, almost a full year and I just didn't want to compete anymore and people started, like, like, setting expectations for me, and I was, like, over it. I was, like, I'm so young. Like, I don't need I don't need this pressure in my life. Like, I just do this for fun. And that's kind of how it's always been. So that's kind of what made me stop for a little bit. And then Steel Lafferty had a, uh, a new pollution episode, and I loved that. On Fuel TV. Yeah, on Fuel TV with Matt Beecham. Uh, and I always, like, that was my favorite thing to watch. I watched every single episode, like, ten times.
0: Is Steel, like, the guy that... Um, inspired you or inspired? you? Yeah, a lot when
1: I was young. Because he he grew up where I grew up down south. So he was, like, the best rider down there. So he definitely...
0: What about, like, Jimmy and? Yeah,
1: Jimmy also. But I didn't really hang out with Jimmy that much back then. I'm I'm much better friends with Jimmy now than I was back then. But I, I definitely hung out with steel more back then
0: did steel help mentor you at all or anything like that
1: yeah for sure so he he's the one who got me like to wakeboard again essentially because he reached out to me and was like hey man i just did this new pollution episode and they were asking if i had any recommendations and i was wondering if you wanted me to tell them about you and i was like like i don't really wakeboard anymore like you know and that's what made me realize like i really wanted to wakeboard again
0: So did you get on New Pollution? So I didn't
1: didn't end up getting on New Pollution, but I did start wakeboarding again, and it was definitely a good decision, so...
0: Yeah. Um, I might
1: have missed a little opportunity there, but he got me back into a pretty big one, so... I'm definitely thankful for Steele and his family for helping me out at a young age.
0: Any other, like, um, riders that, like, inspired you when you were younger... Um, that you that you kind of wanted to be like or uh, kind of mimicked your your style or your riding after or anything like that um I
1: like a very young age just like all the OGs like all everyone I'd see in the magazines like Parks and Rusty and Phil and all the, the older guys that kind of ran things back then and then as I started to get older and get a little bit better uh Harley was a huge inspiration for me just watching him like come up through juniors and just dominate pro immediately, it was like. Did you compete cool against Harley
0: in juniors as well, or did um, Harley advance out before I, you? No,
1: I think I think I missed that by a year. So.
0: Because you didn't really actually spend that much time in junior pro, you actually, it seemed like you you kind of. Yeah, I,
1: I spent two years in junior pro.
0: Right, how would you know you were ready to? move on because you were like what did you you're 17 when you got out of junior pro 16 17
1: uh seven or 16 I've, like turning 17 like I went pro with turning 17.
0: I mean that's pretty gutsy <laughs> yeah I mean I know you were crushing it but yeah I mean at that at that time I mean that was you had guys like Rusty and Phil and Harley who were like the dominating force yeah. and I mean you're you're still kind of honing your skills right
1: yeah so I won uh nationals The first year, I was in junior pro, and then the next year I won nationals again and worlds. So I was like, it's time to get out of here. I've already won what I wanted to win. It's time to move on to bigger and better things, and that was definitely a really good decision for me because once I did that, uh, the bigger sponsors started coming in. I started getting better contracts and all that, so uh, it was definitely the right move to make, and I did pretty well my first year in pro, so...
0: Yeah, I think what did you get a top three at Worlds? Um, was that my first year? I don't know. I know I, you I got, got second at, at Worlds.
1: Year. It was either first or second year pro, maybe first. I don't know, but I, I definitely made top ten like for the overall for my first year, which was my goal. So
0: I gotta say, dude, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into your injury, but I just gotta mention this, dude. I was so bummed out because you got injured literally like a week oh before my gosh, Feet on man. Fire, I and know. you were training.
1: That was that was honestly my biggest like upsetment at the time I was like so stoked I was training I put out some training videos and everything and I really felt like I had a chance to win and I am like honestly feet on fire championship is like one of the most prestigious titles in our industry
0: well according to JD webb it's the most important contest in wakeboarding yeah straight
1: <laughs> I, I've told people it's the most prestigious so
0: since we're kind of talking about barefooting right now you didn't grow like me. I grew up like show skiing, water skiing, doing a little bit of everything. You grew up doing a little bit of everything, standing sideways. I grew up doing a little bit of everything, standing forwards. Do you ever? Like I always get the feeling like people put barefooting on like a major pedestal, like it's more gnarly than it really is, or yeah, it's, like, for sure. more harsh than it really is, and the crashes. But like, break it down. What What are your thoughts? Like, yes, the crashes can be jarring, but not any more than like coming out of like a backside five.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, barefooting is just, like, I think it carries that prestige because you're literally standing on top of the water, which is such a foreign concept to a lot of people. So, like, the wow factor of it is, like, it's cool. You know what I mean?
0: How long did it take you to, like, learn how to barefoot?
1: Not that long. I, I learned when I was pretty young, actually. Because I grew up with Dean, like, riding with Dean Lavelle as my coach, and he's, like, big into show skiing and all that stuff, too. He He, uh did the whole Cypress Gardens ski sure. shows and everything so he taught me at a pretty young age off the boom how to barefoot and I loved it I, I got up pretty quick it wasn't too hard for me
0: how long have you been ride? do you still ride with Dean and how long have you been yeah. riding with him
1: I started riding with him I think when I was four or five it's so, like pretty much a year after I started wakeboarding my mom found like a flyer or something out of uh, Reva Motorsports
0: and that was down south. Dean yeah, down was...
1: south. And then she took me there, and me and my brother just took a lesson with Dean, and it's never really stopped going back because it was—he's the best coach around, and he's also... Is he
0: still the best coach around?
1: Yeah, I, I think Dean's one of the best coaches for sure. I, I've trained with pretty much everyone, and Dean's still my go-to guy. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, so I so when I first um, started coming down to Florida, my best friend Eric Ruck was living with Dean Lavelle. Did you did you actually know that that? Yeah, Ruck yeah. and Dean? Yeah, I knew that. Um, and Dean was just coming off of like you know Dean had won like I think it was like ninety seven worlds or ninety eight yeah, worlds I think or it was ninety seven
1: that's um, how I was born,
0: but you know it was like it was it was like the transition was kind of happening where Dean was still more of like water ski type you know like acrobatic type ride i, I don't want to like be offensive to Dean because dude, Dean is seriously a, a wakeboard. he will be eventually in the wakeboarding hall of fame he deserves it for sure. But no doubt he has a different style, you know, like he has like yeah, the amplitude sure. style and He's a
1: crowd pleaser. E-
0: exactly. It's not I mean it's not like a core wakeboard style. So describe like what what Dean's style is maybe or how you perceive how Dean rides.
1: I mean Dean just goes huge. Dean, he, yeah. He's just like he's just a savage on the water honestly. Like
0: S Benz are insane probably yeah.
1: Rayleigh's yeah. He goes huge. He doesn't spin a lot. He doesn't get too technical. He's, he's just stylish clean, he and clean. He grab. And he goes big.
0: He might grab a hoochie glide.
1: Yeah, he might grab a hoochie glide. <laughs> does, Dean, does Dean Lavelle still ride? Uh, a little bit. Not as, not as much as he should. But so, he definitely still gets out there a bit.
0: Let's talk a little bit about competitions, contests, and the fact that you are one of the highest level competitive wakeboarders in the world um, uh, before the injury, top 10. Top five?
1: Yeah, I was top five before the That's wakeboarding. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, wake surfing, right there in that, in that same mix. Um, yeah. Two very similar sports, but two very, very different sports. So tell me a little bit about the two different scenes, um, some of the positives and the negatives, because it's no secret, and I, I'm sure, Then you can talk on this too, you've probably – dealt with some dudes in the wakeboard scene who are maybe kind of give you some crap or maybe don't respect what you do on the wake surfboard as much but at the same time I'm sure there's guys you know in the wake surf scene who've never been on a wakeboard and have no idea how difficult it is what you're doing there yet alone to balance them both
1: yeah I mean honestly like none of the wakeboarders ever really like give me crap because of my wakeboarding skills you know what I mean like it's if i your like wakeboarding skills or your wake surfing my wakeboarding skills, skills. like no one is gonna come to m- and like like come to surfers. me and try and like give me crap just because like i'm good at wake surfing you know what i mean because i'm good at wakeboarding too so it's not like it's not like wake surfing's my only skill but i mean there's definitely some wakeboarders who have uh not had the most respect for wake surfing but i think that's definitely like changed over the last few years like but
0: what's changing
1: um, I think honestly, the biggest thing is just that the wakeboarders are starting to know more of the wake surfers and realize that we're all similar, cool dudes that are just trying to have fun behind the boat. But I think the main like, aggression towards wake surfing in general from the wakeboarders was just that they kind of realized that wake surfing was taking a large part out of our, or like adding a large part to our industry and they didn't like it. Sure. You know what I mean? Just like how the water skiers didn't like the wakeboarders coming and taking over. Totally. So I wouldn't call it a takeover, though. It's just a great addition. We all ride behind the same boat.
0: We all... I would call it the evolution exactly. of the sport in general. Exactly. Um, what about what about the whole thing with um, people who maybe are like, oh, well, wakeboarding, you have to beat your body up to get to that level. Wake surfing, you don't really have to. It's
1: definitely true. And there's some respect that has to lie there. And I think the wake surfers definitely respect it. Like, all of my wake surfing friends, like, think I'm crazy for wakeboarding, you know what I mean? And they respect that. And I think that respect is due there because it's true. Like if you want to be a pro wakeboarder, you got to risk your body. If you want to be a pro wake surfer, not as much. I mean, you can definitely still get injured, but it's not nearly the same risk that you're taking. I mean, are
0: there any injuries that are like prevalent within the wake surf industry, you know, because I wouldn't
1: say prevalent. Like it's not like everyone, like there's a lot of people getting the same injuries, but there's definitely people that get injured wake surfing every now and then. All
0: right, break it down. Top five, top five injuries in wake surfing. And let me, let me, let me just take a quick guess here. Uh, credit card. Yeah, that's credit, definitely one of them. Credit card. Um,
1: I I popped my shoulder out wake surfing one time.
0: Like, how do you do that?
1: Uh, I, well, my labrum was already torn, so I just I did a backside air reverse and like, I kind of like throw my hands into it, and it just like I just like threw my hand up and it popped out of the socket.
0: What? A, what? A, what? A, anything else in wake surfing?
1: Um, I've heard of some gnarly like head gashes from like hitting the board, Right. and I mean but that's like some in ankles, too, right? In, yeah, like, yeah. Ocean surfing. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. So, um, you know, uh, explain to me how you're able to, you know, when when you're healthy, how you've been able, and, and obviously this is you're still so young, twenty one years old, five times in Australia, China, Japan all over Europe, um, wakeboarding, wake skating, uh, or wake wakeboarding and wake surfing. I can say wake skating because I know you're yeah. not afraid to hop on a wake skate. Exactly, and, yeah. You know?
1: I, I hold a USA national championship on a wake skate, on the cable. Right. Yeah. I and was wearing no shoes.
0: <laughs> how have you been able to balance, like, both? Because you're at the, the top of the game, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: honestly, it's kind of difficult, but I just... I honestly put all, or not all, but most of my effort into wakeboarding because it's so demanding of my body and of, like, my muscle memory. Like, if you're not really training every day when you're at your peak season, like, you're not going to be doing well in contests. You know what I mean?
0: I don't want to offend you when I ask you this, but, like, like, what feels better, like, landing something that's, like, super hard and elusive um, on a wakeboard or something that's super hard and elusive, uh, if I'm using even the right word, on on a wake surfboard, because because one we are gonna get here. You've done stuff on the wake surfboard that basically is pioneering like the evolution of the sport.
1: Yeah, I'd say definitely wakeboarding. I mean, I tell people that like the reason I still wakeboard is because the satisfaction it gives me. Like if if it wasn't for that. Then I probably would just wake surf and save my body, you know what I mean. But like, I always, I always like taking risks. I always like doing the most extreme things I possibly can, and that's where wakeboarding falls in our industry. So I'll probably wakeboard for the rest of my life, even though it's probably gonna make my life a little bit shorter.
0: Was there, <laughs> was there a time where wake surfing was more important to you than wakeboarding, or, it, or-
1: nah, nah, it never has been. Wakeboarding's always been my focus, and I've kind of just. Uh, wake surfed on the side and uh, it's always I've, I've always loved doing everything I like having fun different ways, it keeps everything fresh and it's also a way for me to make more money so it's definitely uh, a huge positive to my life and it also allows me more riding time at the contest, I have both
0: Right, um, this weekend here, due to injury you can't be competing at the um, Nautique Wake Surf Nationals um, but you are judging uh, and it's a heavy load, bro. Today, you were judging for as long as I was announcing, which was like eight hours. Um, it, I, it, is it easy for you? Is it is it, diffi- like, is it a strain on you at all? Like, be sitting there? Or is, like, what, like, what's going through your mind as you're sitting in the boat watching um, all I kind of I kinda the
1: like the judging aspect of it, but I hate sitting in the boat in the sun all day. I'm super fair skinned, so it's like, I, I just don't like being in the sun in general which is kind of funny to say because I'm a water sports athlete and that's all I do. But I mean, that's probably why I don't like being in the sun as much because I'm always in it. So, I mean, that's that's what I don't like about it. But I do like judging itself because I think that I have a lot of knowledge, obviously, in the sport and I can back up why I think I should score someone some way. And I like deliberating with the other judges and like giving them my opinion and seeing what they think about it because it helps everyone grow, myself included, so... I like that aspect of it for sure. And it definitely makes you think.
0: Quick break in the conversation for a quick question, everyone. Well, let's make it two questions. Are you tired of asking your boat crew to get up and move to the other side of the boat? Does your boat have a small compartment in it that won't allow a big water ballast bag? Well, do I have the solution for you? I'm talking about lead wake, of course. You already know it's the aftermarket ballast every pro is running in their boat today. No remake or imitation will do when it comes to Leadwake bags, except no substitutions. Leadwake is the biggest name throughout the industry in wake enhancement, and don't just take it from me, your golden voiced hero. Riders and promoters all across the industry run the original and number one easily movable, moldable, and indestructible lead wake ballast. Lead wake bags help clean up any wake while also helping distribute that little extra oomph all over the boat. Lead wake bags are easy to carry, made from 100% recycled steel material, and sewn into the inside of every lead wake bag is a high density foam core to protect not only the bag, but your boat. Lead wake bags can be stacked and placed in tight spaces, And at a density of nine times that of water, just a few bags can replace those space-consuming water bags of the past. Best part, Leadwake offers free shipping from anywhere inside the continental USA, and when you buy nine bags, you get the 10th bag free. Find out why all the pros use Leadwake in their boats today at leadwake.com. Now let's get back to my guest, Noah Flegel, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Well, this this tournament that we're at this weekend. So we're here in Waco, Texas, for the um, Nautique USA National Wake Surf Championship.
1: WWA, not USA. No USA. USA WWA. No, well,
0: do I mean? don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, we're <laughs> sitting here trying to figure it out. <laughs> Definitely the WWA. Every here's a beautiful thing. On this podcast, we don't have to say the name exactly right. (laughs) Exactly. Let me break it down for everybody listening, (laughs) if they understand what we're talking about. We're here for the WWA Wake Surf Nationals, but But this is the first WWA Wake Surf Nationals. There's another group called CWSA, CWSA, which stands for Competitive Competitive
1: Wake Surf Association.
0: Okay. Um, And CWSA has been around for roughly 15 years uh, maybe longer I don't I, I can't remember. I don't
1: even think that long I could be wrong though I don't know
0: and me too and I don't know and, and obviously so but there's differences um you're here this weekend and you're judging with a lineup of guys like Brian Grubb Jake Pilat, Sean Watson and Reed Hansen, uh guys who have probably never been to a CWSA um, contest so how different is the judging what do you like um what don't you like? Uh, and, and I'm not trying to like pull dramas or whatever, but like, th- it's this is time for the evolution of the sport. And, you know, I, I, it is what it is. There's so many of these different federations all over the world and associations and this and that. And like, realistically, Toad Water Sports isn't the biggest um, sport or group of people in the world. And I wish, in a way, that everybody could just kind of get along, come together, and everybody be at the same events, but, you know, you go to a... It, it's like you go to a WWA uh, wakeboard world, you're not going to see the same people that you're going to see at the IWWF.
1: Yeah, for sure. Wakeboard
0: world championships. But, um, you know, I think you're an open-minded guy, so, like, being here this weekend, what are, like, what are some of the things that are, that are different from, from, like, traditional wake surf contests versus, like, maybe what WWA is trying to do here and kind of evolve and go to the next level or whatever?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly... It's all pretty similar. Like, as a judge, I've judged for the CWSA, and this is my first time uh, judging for the WWA. And, I mean, it's pretty similar. The events are run pretty similar. Um, I'd say the main... there's
0: not two styles here. There's one style of That is true.
1: That is true. I honestly didn't even think about that. But I think that there could be two styles and there could be one style. I don't think it really... I mean, it makes a difference, but... I mean, just like the pro tour I started doing, I think that you could do one run on a surfboard, one run on a skimboard. I don't think that there necessarily needs to be two divisions. I think that wake surfing is wake surfing, and you can choose which board you want to be good on.
0: Is there a lot of politics in wake surfing right now? Oh, yeah.
1: A funny amount. It's, it's funny to me, honestly. Are like, you involved
0: in the politics? No, not at all. So how are, how are you on such a level? Because, like, uh, to me, like, if I'm going to throw a wake surf contest... Honestly, I'm going to call you up. You know, you, yeah. like you're you're going to be one of the first five people that I'm going to call up and I'm going to get your input, but like how much input do you have in like what's going on in wake surfing right now?
1: Um I mean, honestly, I try and stay out of the politics. There like the politics mostly all comes from like the dads. And like my dad's definitely involved in it. My dad's part of the CWSA. And I mean, it's it's kind of funny that It's all the dads that are more concerned about it and, like, all the older dudes in the sport that, like, want to, like, make the most change. And, like, the all the pros, like, at least, like, the younger ones don't really, like, care too much. We're just kind of here to have fun and do our thing.
0: Moving forward... Where do you see um, where do you where do you see wakes wake surfing and and again like not not necessarily saying like oh the, the wake surf people are gonna listen to you and t- uh, from this podcast yeah, and, yeah. and take like oh this is what needs to happen but like what's your vision
1: my vision is watching all the old dudes make bunch of rules and make us follow it honestly I mean I don't know at least for now I don't plan on taking part in trying to Make any crazy changes in the wake surf industry. I mean, I, I came up with that uh, the strap board idea, which I think was a cool addition to it, and I think it opens up some some doors for new tricks and stuff like that. And that's really why I made it because I wanted to do a backflip on the wake surf board. Kind so what, of. Do,
0: what do people think about that?
1: I mean, depends who you are. Some people like that are super core and in the industry like think that it's kind of lame, and some people in the industry think that it's really cool. And a lot of the I mean, pretty much everyone on social media thinks it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, like, the videos I put out blew up instantly. And, I mean, everyone, like, for like for a while there, I was having some random people come up to me like, are you that guy who did the backflip with this, like, on the wake surf board? Can you get away with that in a wake surf contest? Um, yeah, so that's the funny thing. Like, of course, the the rule makers wanted to make some rules about it. But for a while there, I could have, but I never planned on bringing it to contest and, like, That's not why I made it, and I don't, like, really foresee, like... I mean, I I could see there being, like, a strap division or in addition to straps in contests because it adds a very cool wow factor, which I think is really what wake surfing needs because the main issue in the sport is really not having, like, enough spectators. There's a ton of people who want to compete and a ton of people who want to be involved in it, but from a contest standpoint it's hard to get people to come and have like a crazy experience because they're not flying 10 20 feet in the air like you are on a wakeboard you know what i mean
0: like what what could be doing flips
1: and stuff like that what
0: could be done in wake surfing to make it more exciting to crack so this is this flips
1: that's what i'm saying like i think the strapboard could add like that wow factor like if someone like right now we're watching some surfers in the wave pool and everyone goes, oh wow! When someone tries a backflip, you know what I mean. Everyone, everyone loves backflips.
0: But these guys don't have straps on.
1: Exactly, they don't. But they have a little bit more push and a bigger wave in a section.
0: Will you land the flip with no straps? No. <laughs> Seriously. I,
1: I honestly don't think so. Like, I think I could land a flip in this wave pool with no straps for sure. But I like because it's, like it's possible. But I don't think it's very possible on behind a boat. I've tried it. I've I've gotten close on like like rodeo flips but not really like flips like I'm kind like it's not I'm not really upside down but like people do rodeo flips in the ocean that aren't really upside down still called a rodeo flip and I mean I've gone close on that but I've never gone close on like a straight up backflip or anything and I mean I'm not going to say it's not possible because you never know what Nautique's going to do they could come out with another crazy boat with an even bigger wake than the g
0: right
1: well i mean the g is easily the best wake out right now
0: i mean but do you need a bigger like
1: yeah i mean to get to get that high in the air and do a flip you need a bigger wave or at least like a section or something to help you get up in the air like right right on this wave pool right now i've only seen someone do a flip off of the section like the wave breaks in a in front of you so there's like a ramp there's no ramp on the wake serve wave, it's just like it gets flatter the faster you go towards the boat. Right. So, I mean, unless... Unless Nati comes out with like a section of some sort or like... I don't think that's the move, honestly. I think just as as we progress, we'll have bigger bigger wakes and I think maybe then it'll be possible, but for but now...
0: It's not necessarily where... That Yeah, I don't think that's where the sport's going.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that... The sport is definitely growing in the term of tricks that are being done. Like this was the craziest year of progression I've ever seen. Like with my brother Keenan and people like John Ackerman and Sean Silviera, like they're pushing it like crazy and like like wake serving's out of the, easily the highest point it's ever been, which it should be because we're moving forward. But That's it's true. like seri- like like three four years ago, I was like, yeah, nothing really too crazy is going to be invented from here. Like, I feel like we've invented it all. You know what I mean? But it doesn't stop, which I think is cool. So
0: that's right, man. Well, no straps, no boots, no bindings, man. I I mean, uh, possibilities are slightly endless. I, I think, I guess. For sure. Um, well, so let's talk a little bit, um, about 2018 and, uh, the struggles of A 20-year-old wakeboarder Uh, you came into the season and you were on fire I mean everything was was I mean you were firing hot man I mean like your tricks your doubles 1080s like you have the tricks on the wakeboard to to compete with guys like uh, you know Harley and and Corey and Tony Iaconi and uh, you know these dudes who uh, Nick Rappa who are you know uh, just multiple doubles and and, and 1080s but you know you you bring in, you bring your own kind of style to the water but unfortunately um, in the first quarter of the season you ended up sustaining um, a pretty gnarly injury and I know that you've you've kind of dealt with some injuries over the past few years with your shoulder um, but this summer kind of um, threw a, a different deck of cards at you talk a little bit about what happened talk about your injury um, and like the rehab, where you're at and, and what the future is.
1: Yeah. So it's hard to keep up in, in this day and age in wakeboarding. And I've had, this is like my third or or fourth surgery now. And it definitely takes it, takes it out of you. You know what I mean? So I, I finally felt like I was caught back up from my previous injuries and I was ready to get after it. And, try and get into that number one spot, which has always been my goal. And then, like, halfway through the season, it took me out again. I I blew out my knee and tore pretty much everything I could inside there. So I ended up having to get two surgeries, and I'm back on mend, and I should be good in about four more months.
0: So, like, injury prevention, like, what – obviously, like, knee injuries are prevalent within wakeboarding. It is what it is. It's just part of it. You know what I mean? It's just like in football – there's going to be, like, concussions and whatnot, but, like, like moving forward, what changes for you?
1: Um, I mean, not much, honestly. Just staying on top of my training and eating right. I've been mostly vegan for the last couple of weeks, just trying to help my body heal as much as I can. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I guess I'm going to try and stay a little bit lighter in the coming seasons. Because I'm a pretty big dude. I'm one of the biggest guys. I am the biggest guy on tour right now. So, I mean, wakeboarding as a large human is definitely not as easy as wakeboarding as a small human.
0: Sure. Well, you look at, like, Harley, and, I mean, it's obvious that Harley probably dropped, like, what, 15 pounds between some point and now. I mean, he's yeah. definitely, like, like, looks, like, fit and whatever, but there's... He just doesn't have the mass that he used to have, right? Yeah, for
1: sure. But, I mean, I think that's good. Like, look how good he's doing. You know right. what I mean? Like, he's ripping.
0: Uh, Tony and Iacone, another good yeah, example. Yeah, same thing.
1: Tony lost a ton of weight, and he's killing it. So, I think, honestly, the key is to just stay as light as you can. Cause sure. Less impact when you land, lighter you are. So.
0: How, like, uh, mentally, like, how are you right now dealing with this whole thing? Because, I mean, like, and I don't mean to, like, push buttons or anything, but, like, we're sitting here, obviously... You're watching everything that you want to be to to do, um, like mentally. How are you able to process all of this?
1: I mean, honestly, I'm a pretty positive person, and it's not that hard for me. Like, I'm, I make the most of it. Like, I'm, I'm out there in the wave pool swimming, like, filming my friends, just getting as close as I can to the action, and that's kind of how I cope and get myself through it. Like, I'll go out and like sit on my skin board and just like get pulled around the lake just sitting there. Like anything to just like get as close to the sensation of doing what I love. That's kind of what keeps me going. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I always try and keep myself busy, whether it be like business wise, like studying the cryptos and investing and starting up a company or studying health and trying to keep my body right going to school I'm always doing something no matter if I'm injured or not so that's that's what keeps me going and I'm honestly more fired up than ever to like get back that's kind of always how it goes when I get injured like kind of bummed for the first like couple weeks and then you're just like all right like let's get it let's
0: like moving into like let's just say moving into 2019 is your goal like zero to hero are you gonna go right for it, or do you have some sort of plan to like build up, or, or what? I'm what's not the too
1: sure about that. I'm just gonna kind of take it by ear and see how I feel. I don't want to like push it too hard in the beginning. I'm not gonna try and go zero to hero because I don't have that much time after my release date till I'm uh, my season's back on. So I'm gonna ease into it, and honestly, I'm gonna start doing a lot more surfing and uh
0: like ocean surfing.
1: Yeah, ocean surfing. I'm I'm going to come out here to BSR and surf this wave pool for a few like at least a week. I honestly want to move out here to BSR for like a couple months and just like dial this thing in and try and become one of the best surfers. That's kind of honestly like my next crazy mission. I'm definitely going to keep wakeboarding and pushing all that as hard as I can, but I'm going to start pushing ocean surfing as hard as I can too cuz as I start getting older um I think that's what's going to be what I want to do more because it's less less injury like look at Kelly Slater he's still one of the best surfers in the world what is he's like in his mid 40s right so I mean that's kind of my golden ticket I think so I'm going to try and make a a name for myself in the surf industry and uh continue pushing the wakeboarding and just do everything I possibly can just make the most out of this life
0: I love it bro okay Uh, you've you obviously have a pretty level head, um, and you've got some great support from a ton of amazing brands, the likes of Nautique and and Rockstar Energy. Um, you got the support of your family, and like, pretty cool dude. You seem like the kind of guy that everybody wants to hang out with. Uh, one of the brands that um, have uh, that really seem to be supporting you right now, uh, I, I know it because you went and did a flip with straps on a wake surfer, and <laughs> they built one, and now it's mass produced in their product line, yep. Hyperlite. Uh, do you have a pro model with them, or what's, what's yeah. going on with Hyperlight?
1: Honestly, I would not be where I am today without Hyperlight. They have made all of my like real dreams come true over the last like five years, and like really in the last two three years, like my dream always as a little kid was to have my own pro model, and like like that still is crazy to me. That was like a defining moment in my career when I was like. Like, wow, this is really a dream come true. Like when I got my first pro model, I was so, so, so stoked.
0: So what do you have, a pro model wakeboard, pro model wakes? Yeah,
1: I, I have literally, like, I have a list in my phone. Let me look at it real quick. And I, I seriously have, like, 20 different products right now with Hyperlite. And, like, that is crazy to me.
0: I mean, is it I can't, something like, that like I was...
1: can't believe that. Like, they've put so much faith in me and, like, backed me so hard. Like, I, I can't thank Hyperlite enough, and I'll be with them for the rest of my life. Well, look,
0: dude, here you are like yeah. five, six, seven years later, and you have the opportunity to be loyal. And, no you know, it's, here it's, we are. It's, yeah,
1: so it's. I mean, this is when it really matters. It didn't really matter when I was, you know, like six to 10 years old, you know what I mean? But I thought it did. Yeah. But, I mean, now is when it really matters, and now is when it counts, and now is when it's going down. So, it's a real career. I <laughs> love Hyperlight. I love the team. I love my managers. I love the bosses. I love the products. And that really, the products are the most important part. Hey,
0: real fast here, twenty products. What's your one favorite? Like, what's?
1: Don't quote me on twenty. I don't know if it's twenty. What Maybe with all, sizes, with all the sizes. With all the sizes, it's probably more than twenty. We'll say
0: approximately, yeah. but like, what's the one product or board or or rope or my wakeboard? Or,
1: wakeboard, hands down. That's what, like.
0: Well, like, what's the, like, what's the one like what the one size, the one thing that you're just like, man, we really knocked it out of the park with this. Yeah.
1: my riot wakeboard. The one forty four is what I ride, and that is my biggest accomplishment honestly like like having that board under my name and creating that board with Aaron Stumpf is like my biggest accomplishment like it's not like they just made me some board and I was like oh yeah I kind of like it and threw my name on it you know what I mean like I was in it from the beginning and like I sh- helped shape the board and we gave him feedback and went back to the drawing table and fixed some things we wanted to change and like came up with a perfect board for me so that awesome. is my biggest accomplishment and I think that like, I get messages every day from people saying, dude, I love your board. Like, this thing has so much pop. It's so sick. They send me videos and stuff. So, that's sick. And that gets me stoked. And I always repost everyone that sends me that kind of stuff. So, it's awesome, man. That's sick.
0: I feel like I'm 36 years old, and in life, I still feel like I remember being 12. You're 21. I'm sure you can still remember, you know, being young. Um, a lot of young kids look up to you, and a lot of people listen to the podcast and are. Probably gonna look to you for me, you know. I don't know wisdom, insight, um, crypto
1: advice. <laughs> I get honestly a lot of that. Well, I mean, I'm not that into it. Like I'm into it, but I'm not like any crypto god by any means. You know what I
0: mean? If there was some advice that you could give to like a young gram up and coming, uh, somebody aspiring to make a career out of out of this, because even though some people might say there aren't uh, potential jobs within our industry. If, I feel like if you work hard enough, there really are. Um, yeah, no doubt there are. What kind of advice could you give to, to somebody up and coming?
1: Um, just follow your dreams. Like just do what makes you happy. And if you're not happy, don't do it. Like I stopped wakeboarding cause I wasn't happy. And then I realized that is what made me happy in the long run. And I just realized why I was unhappy doing it because people were starting to push me. So I backed off. And I mean, I think that's the key is just doing what makes you happy in what you have the most fun doing and just keep pushing that and make sure that what that is is something positive and you're gonna end up in a very positive place afterwards if you continue that path.
0: How do you keep it fun?
1: By switching it up all the time. I never, I never stick with one sport for too long. Like I, I'll do three sports in one day and I have so much fun. If I just go do one thing, I still have fun, but if that's the only thing I'm doing, I'm gonna get tired of it.
0: Hey dude, before I let you get out of here, uh, many of you a chance to uh, give a little stoke out to your sponsors. Um, off the top of your head, you don't have any notes really in front of you too much or anything. We didn't really put anything together. Yeah, none at all. Who uh, Who do you want to thank? And I mean, sponsors, family, friends, yeah. anything like that, shout outs?
1: I mean, first of all, my family, because they're the ones who got me into this and got kept me going ever since I was right. born. Right. So, definitely my family, and, and then once things started progressing it was my sponsors that kept me going and made everything possible so huge 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 thank you to all my sponsors especially Hyperlite they've really made all my dreams come true as well as Nautique they provide me with the best boat in the industry to do pretty much all the sports I love so I wouldn't be able to do it without Nautique and now Rockstar they've been hooking me up this year so super stoked to be on that team they got some crazy athletes and they do a lot of cool projects and they got a really good energy drink as well. So just super, super hype with everything. And Biwake as well, it's where you can buy all my products. So yeah, everyone everyone that's uh, kept me going and everyone that's keeping me going.
0: All right, bro. And uh, if anybody wants to uh, follow you, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, any any of that?
1: Yeah, I, I'm mostly I do most of my social media on Instagram. That's where you can keep up with all my shenanigans. It's just my name at Noah Fleagle, and I'm kind of phasing out of Facebook as most people our generation are. So I'm still on Facebook, but I guess I've got uh <laughs> yeah, old. 15 yeah, no. years <laughs> on it. <now. laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's okay. I'm not offended. You can say no. It. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Mostly Instagram, and then my Facebook's just my name, Noah Fleagle too. So.
0: Search Is your me Snapchat up on social media. for everybody or just for guys like me? Yeah, no,
1: just my friends. Cool. I keep my Snapchat private. Sorry guy. about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to keep something private.
0: Right. That's right. Well, I say leave the private stuff for email. No, actually, I say leave the private <laughs> stuff off the internet in general. Yeah,
1: for sure. Probably no the best doubt. idea.
0: You know dude? Thank you so much for sitting with thank me, man. It's been a long time coming. And, uh, bro, I just appreciate it. And this was an awesome conversation.
1: Yeah, bro, it really was. I appreciate
0: you. That's it. Guys, Noah Flegel. We'll be back with more right here. On the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Dig it. Peace. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Woo! Since nineteen ninety-eight, Roswell Marine has defined many of the marine products we all use and love today. Everything ranging from marine audio to towing to accessories, whatever your boating needs, chances are Roswell Marine makes the best version of it. The brand is always pushing boundaries within the industry to create beautiful and functional products that make boating and water sports more enjoyable. They've been the recipient of multiple innovation awards and hold the distinction of creating many industry first including their patented cam lock systems and spinning tower speakers roswell's motto is quality without compromise no matter what you want to buy roswell's products are built to perform reliably from the moment you unbox them go to roswellmarine.com to see their full line of products and manufacturing service capabilities again that's roswellmarine.com The WSIA and the Golden Mike Podcast want to remind all our listeners to please wake responsibly. The Wake Responsibly initiative is a part of the WSIA's waterway protection efforts to help minimize threats to lakes and rivers regarding toad water sports. This initiative was started to preserve the vitality of wake sports for years to come to ensure that we can share our passion with future generations. WSIA is focused on promoting and protecting all toad water sports through Best practices, maintaining waterway access rights, educating participants, promoting safety, and facilitating sustainable industry growth. For more information and to see how you can wake responsibly, head on over right now to WSIA.net.
1: Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano.
0: Thank you to Noah, what a talented individual there, and I hope him the best on his road to recovery. Noah is certainly determined to come back and throw down, and we all look forward to that happening as we move closer and closer to the 2019 season. Quick note, I mentioned inside the podcast that Dean Lavelle was surely a future Wakeboarding Hall of Famer. Well, after recording it, it dawned on me that I announced his induction a couple of years ago. Dean Lavelle is already a Hall of Famer, and somehow I forgot that when I was talking to Noah, but I wanted to make sure that I fixed it, and I mentioned it now. Hope to head down to South Florida one of these days real soon and get Dean's entire story, because he's not only one of the greats in wakeboarding, but also in towed water sports in general. Uh, thanks again to Dean Lavelle for helping mold Noah into the rider, into the man he is today. And Noah, great work on the podcast and hope to chat with you again real soon. Now, I have been getting a lot of requests to record voice memos and come out to announce events all over the U.S. and all around the world. And I'm always down to work, but availability is limited. If you guys are interested, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com to set something up today. Upcoming events this weekend, be in Mexico, Valle de Bravo for stop three of the Mexican National Wakeboard Series. Then Saturday, October 13th is the final stop of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. November 2nd through the 4th, I'll be at the Mayan Water Sports Complex for the WWA Wake Park World Championships then Sunday, November 11th in Orlando for the Nautique Dealer Meeting, and then that Tuesday off to Austin, Texas to host the Centurion Boats Dealer Awards. Keep your ears open for more dates as they post. Now remember to tell all your friends to tune in twice monthly to the Golden Mike podcast available on iTunes and the podcast app on all smartphone devices, SoundCloud, and at noiseofthenorth.com. Remember, if you rate and review the show, I'll not only read it on the next episode, I'll send you a Golden Mike podcast t-shirt while supplies last. So do it. Thanks again to Noah Flegel. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors of this podcast and the folks, of course, behind the scenes. Thank you to Seadeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Footin.com, Waterskiing.com, WSIA Water Sports Industry Association, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Lead Wake, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlight, and Gopuck. Jenna Carruth on the web and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast. Aw, oh, yeah!